Telltale Pod Production. Charlie Changes Into a Chicken by Sam Copeland and illustrated by Sarah Horn. Chapter 9 Handing the phone back to Dylan was easily the highlight of Charlie's week. Dylan's face when he saw the video had been deleted was an image Charlie would not forget in a long time. It was somewhere between bright red and purple, a beautiful mixture of disbelief and fury. Once that fun was over, though, Charlie and his friends' minds all turned back to the problem in hand. How to stop Charlie turning into an animal before the school play arrived. It wasn't until the next day that Flora devised the experiment that would test her latest theory, that stress was causing him to change. Changing into a flea during the rehearsal was more evidence, but Flora had to be certain. She needed final, absolute proof. And Flora revealed to Charlie exactly how they were going to get it while they were all playing tennis. They had just had a long rally and stopped for a breather. I think I've worked it out. It came to me this morning, but you're not going to like it. What a surprise, said Charlie. No, you really won't said Mosin. I'm sure I won't, said Charlie. No, you really, really won't. You're gonna hate it, said Wogan. Oh, just tell me. It can't be that bad. Right, said Flora. Right, okay, here it goes. Here's what I want you to do. I'm about to tell you what you should do, okay? You ready? Yes! Just tell me. It can't be that bad. It was that bad. Worse, in fact. Okay then, Flora said. What you need to do is, she took a deep breath, break into Miss Fire's office and shave her monkey. Now, out of context, that is a pretty weird sentence. So let's answer some of your questions right away and then we'll get back to the story. One. Josh Nine from Whitstable asks, Does Miss Fire really have an actual live monkey in her office? It would be awesome if Miss Fire really did have an actual monkey in her office, but that would be ridiculous. This is a very serious book about a boy who can change into animals and shoot ropes out of his butt and has numerous pigeons with terrible French accents fall in love with him. So no, 
Of course, it isn't a real monkey in her office. Silly question, Josh from Whitstable. I know you're only nine, but your parents must be very disappointed in you. Frankly, we're all a little disappointed in you. Two. So, in that case, what is the monkey then? Asks Jennifer, eight from Ballinar, County Mayo in Ireland. Excellent question, Jennifer. You're clearly a smart cookie. Well, let me tell you what the monkey is. It's a huge, stuffed, cuddly toy monkey. It's as big as you, Jennifer. It's that big. Three. Where did this monkey come from? Asks Josh, nine from Whitstable. OK, Josh, that's a much better question. You've taken the criticism on board. You've pulled your socks up. I'm impressed with your attitude, Josh. Great work. Four. You didn't answer my question, says Josh Nine from Whitstable. Good point, Josh. The answer to the question is... Nobody really knows. Some say Mr Wind was seen walking away from the Huck-A-Duck stall at the local fair, carrying the monkey under his arm. In the very same week, it appeared in Miss Fire's office. But that's just a rumour. Five. How on earth is Charlie supposed to break into Miss Fire's office and shave the monkey? And what will he use to actually shave the monkey? Ask Mr Lloyd, 48, and Mrs Lloyd, 46, from Wimbledon. Well, Mr and Mrs Lloyd from Wimbledon, you will just have to wait and find out. That's the plot. All will be revealed shortly. Just be patient. 6. Isn't breaking into an office and shaving somebody's toy monkey illegal? Asks Josh, 9, from Whitstable. Look, Josh. You've already asked two questions, OK? And you've just undone all the good work you did with your second question. Don't take this story too seriously. This is a ridiculous book about a boy who can change into animals and shoot ropes out of his butt and has numerous pigeons with terrible French accents fall in love with him. So let's just forget any legal implications, yes? Agreed, Josh? Good. OK. Let's get back to the story. No more interruptions, please. Let me get this right. You want me to break into Miss Fire's office and shave her monkey? Asked Charlie incredulously. Flora nodded. That's right. I think we need a doctor to see you. You finally lost it. Properly this time. I have not. It's the only way to know for certain. It's the only way to get me in detention until I'm 18 and hung upside down by my toes by my parents until I leave home. Charlie, listen, we need to know for absolute certain what causes you to change before we can work out how to stop it and we've only got six days until the school play. Well, you can't argue with that, said Wogan. I can and I am. Charlie crossed his arms. Well, OK, you can, but she's rice. The four of them stood in silence for a moment. Wogan started boinging a ball in the air with his racket. Come on, Charlie, 
It'll be something you'll never forget as long as you live, Flora said. Charlie stared at Flora for the longest time, then exploded. Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Arr! Flora beamed. Oh, Charlie, you're doing the right thing. Science will thank you. You're like Neil Armstrong taking a giant leap for mankind. I can't believe I am agreeing to one of your ridiculous plans. Again! I must have really lost it this time. You haven't lost it. You're brave, said Flora. Well, let's be honest. He's lost it a bit. I mean, breaking into Miss Fire's office, shaving a monkey. It's Satan's death, said Wogan helpfully. Wogan, said Flora, glaring at Wogan. That is actually not helpful at all. Okay, so many questions. Where do I begin? First question, how am I going to shave the monkey? Don't worry, I have it all planned out. Does your dad use an electric shaver? Yes, replied Charlie. Well, there you go then. You just borrow your dad's electric shaver on the day. You see, I told you you'd find out, Mr and Mrs Lloyd. Oh, that simple. Yeah, exactly, that simple. And when do we do it? We just wait for her leaving her office for lunch. Then you sneak in, shave the monkey, sneak out again. Simple. Yeah, simple, said Charlie who thought it sounded about as simple as doing rocket surgery on a brain scientist. And what happens if I get caught? You won't get caught. We'll keep watch. Trust me. Yes, trust you. That's the problem. You do trust me, don't you, Charlie? said Flora. Absolutely. One hundred percent said Charlie, who right at that moment trusted Flora about as far as he could throw her. Charlie could throw Flora approximately 26 centimetres, so Charlie trusted Flora about 26 centimetres, which does not make any sense at all when you think about it. Just take it from this that Charlie doesn't trust Flora very much, and let's move on. But you should also know that Charlie has never actually attempted to throw Flora, who has a blue belt in karate and would probably beat him up if he did. So when do we do this? Tomorrow, said Flora with a glint in her eye. Ah! she shouted, suddenly rubbing her face. What? asked Charlie. I think I've got a glint stuck in my eye, said Flora. Must have just flown in. Do you want us to take you to the toilet? Asked Wogan with some concern. If you splash water on your eye, it might come out. Thanks, Wogan. Yes, please, it's quite sore, said Flora, still rubbing her eye. OK, see you later, Charlie, said Wogan. See you in a bit, Charlie, said Mosin. And with that... Wogan, Mosin and Flora walked off, leaving Charlie standing there with thoughts of bald monkeys and certain doom 
swirling round his head. Wogan, Mosin, Flora and Charlie were sulking. They had just rushed out of lunch and were hanging ground in the corridor near Miss Fire's office. Bulging in Charlie's pocket was his dad's electric shaver, which he had sneaked into his bag that morning. If he got it back in the bathroom as soon as he got home, his dad would never know. The minutes ticked by as they nervously waited for Miss Fire to leave her office. Finally, the door swung open and Miss Fire marched out towards the school cafe. OK, people, take positions, whispered Flora dramatically. Wogan quickly chased after Miss Fire. He positioned himself in the next corridor, so he had the perfect view of her in the canteen, where she would soon be holding a tray and choosing her lunch. If Miss Fire did anything, Wogan would be able to warn Mosin, who was standing at the corner, where he could see both Wogan and Flora, who was standing outside Miss Fire's office with Charlie. Charlie gave Mosin the thumbs up, and Mosin turned and gave Flora the thumbs up. OK, it's time. Good luck, Charlie McGuffin, said Flora. There was something nagging in the back of Charlie's mind, but he dismissed it. The plan was ready. It was now or never. He nodded solemnly to Flora and took one last look up and down the corridor to make sure the coast was clear. He placed his hand on the handle, swallowed and, quick as a flash, sneaked into the office. The minute the door closed behind him, he realised what had been nagging him. He was desperate for a wee. He opened the door again. Flora! What do you want? Get back in there, Flora asked. I'm busting for a wee! Charlie, we don't have time, Flora said, slapping her forehead. Get back in there and shave monkey! Miss Fire could be back any moment. You can have a wee after. Okay, okay, I'm going in. Reluctantly, Charlie crept back into the office and tried to forget about the wee. He closed the door of the office behind him and tiptoed into the stuffy silence. It was a pretty ordinary office, apart from Miss Fire's prize orchids, which lined the windowsill. And of course, sitting there like a giant stuffed monkey on the bookshelf, sat the giant monkey on top of the bookshelf. There was no way Charlie could reach it, so he pulled Miss Fire's swivel chair over and began to climb on it. Meanwhile, Wogan, who was spying on Miss Fire, was the first person to realise that things were about to go wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. He watched in horror as Miss Fire began patting her pockets as if she'd lost something, tutted 
and then began walking towards Wogan, who froze in terror, his brain crashing. Fortunately, his body snapped into action. He began waving frantically at Mosin. Unfortunately, just at that precise moment, Mosin had found a particularly well-lodged bogey and was giving that his full attention rather than the frantically waving Wogan. Wogan realised that no matter how much he waved, Mosen was just not going to see him. Miss Fire was already nearly on top of him, so Wogan made a decision and began running towards Mosen. She's coming! Wogan panted. What? said Mosen, one finger still deeply embedded in his left nostril. Fire's coming! Look! A look of horror spread across Mosin's face as he saw Miss Fire striding back towards her office. Immediately he swung round and began waving madly at Flora. Flora, fortunately, was keeping good watch. Her face paling when she saw Mosin's panicked waving, she quickly gave three knocks on the office door. That was the agreed signal for Charlie to hide. They couldn't risk Charlie leaving the office in case he was seen, so they agreed that if Miss Fire returned early, that Charlie would hide, and Flora would try to delay her to give Charlie longer to get himself hidden. When Charlie heard Flora's three sharp knocks, his heart nearly fell out of his bum. He jumped down off the swivel chair and looked around in blind panic. He dived down under the desk and curled up into a ball. Then, with a shock of fear, he realised he had left the chair by the bookcase and not by the desk where it belonged. He scrambled out and began pulling the chair backwards when he heard the voice of Flora, suddenly, loud, right outside the door. Oh, hi, Miss Fire. Good afternoon, child. That's on my way and allow me to enter my office. Miss Fire's cut-glass voice cut through the closed door. But how are you, Miss Fire? I'm perfectly adequate, thank you. Now, if you would move out of the way. Miss Fire, can I just say you're looking really lovely today? The way the sun is shining through the window onto your head makes your hair look beautiful, like a great big bush caught fire. Charlie crawled backwards under the desk dragging the chair with him. Hmm, why, thank you, I, I suppose. Now, out of my way, child. But, Miss Fire, can I just show you? I've got this strange rash. Then go to the nurse, child. Out of my way. Now! Just as Charlie got in position, Curled tightly up under the desk, the office door opened. Charlie stopped breathing, terrified the noise would give him away. Miss Fire walked in. Charlie could see her feet, long toenails poking out of the front of her open-toed sandals. If Charlie didn't know better, he'd swear the toenails were chewed. Charlie kept his breath held. In a second, he knew the breath would escape in a loud gasp. His heart was pounding. He really?
really needed a wee now. From her desk, Miss Fire picked up something that jangled suspiciously like a set of keys, put it in her pocket, and went out the door. Without Charlie or Flora seeing, she popped a little button on the handle, walked out of the office, and closed the door behind her. Charlie let out a gasp of relief. He really shouldn't have done. He certainly wouldn't have done if he had known that the tiny button Miss Fire had pressed had just sealed his fate. Because that button had caused the door to lock automatically behind Miss Fire. It could now only be opened with a key. A key that nestled in Miss Fire's jacket pocket. But Charlie didn't know that as he sprang out from under the desk, dragged the chair over to the bookshelf again, and pulled the monkey down. He took out his father's electric shaver, turned it on, and began shaving the monkey. The shaver seemed deafeningly loud in the silence of Miss Fire's office. Black tufts of hair drifted and fell at his feet. It was taking longer than he'd thought. It was a big monkey, and the shaver could only do so much. The seconds ticked by. The shaver hummed, and black fur fell. Soon, the monkey was half shaved. For the briefest moment, guilt rippled through him. This was somebody's cuddly toy he was destroying after all. But it was for science, he reminded himself, and he was desperate. The pain in his bladder was getting worse. He had to hurry up. On he shaved, a small mountain of fur growing at his feet. The monkey was three quarters shaved now. There was just its head and bum left to do. It was going to be close. The pain was getting unbearable. The head was done, just the hairy bum left. The bald monkey was now looking very weird indeed, like a pale, skinny alien with a furry bum. The final few tufts fell away. Finished! Charlie jumped back onto the chair and threw the bald alien monkey creature back onto the bookshelf. He quickly swept up the hair and threw it into the bin. He was going to wet himself if he didn't get out of the office fast. He pushed the chair back to the desk and ran to the door. He tried the handle. It didn't open. He tried pulling harder. It was completely stuck. Charlie was locked in Miss Fire's office. He was a prisoner. There was a small square window in the door, which he could just reach by standing on tiptoes. He peeped out and saw Flora. He knocked on the window. Flora! Help! Charlie Whisper shouted. It's locked! What? Flora Whisper shouted back. I can't hear you! She pointed to her ears and shook her head. Go! cried Charlie frustrated. I'm stuck and I'm about to wee my pants! You're a duck and you've got bikini pants, Flora replied through the window looking very confused. Are you feeling all right, Charlie? 
Charlie hissed a little louder. I'm stuck! I'm locked in! The realisation of Charlie's dire situation hit Flora like a slap in the face with a heavy simile. She gasped. You're locked in? She rattled the door handle, pulling it frantically. It didn't budge. Charlie looked at Flora mournfully through the window. She looked back, her face a mixture of apology and pity and desperation. What can I do? Charlie mouthed, panic on his face. The way is about to come! Do it in the orchids! Flora shouted in a flash of inspiration. What? I can't! You can! We in the flower pots! Miss Fire will never notice! Flora urged. Charlie knew right then he had no choice. The we was coming. Oh God! Okay! Okay! I'm going to! He rushed over to the orchids, closed his eyes and prayed that Miss Fire wouldn't burst in on him now. He started weeing into the nearest orchid. The pain immediately turned into relief as he started filling the pot. Very quickly, though, the pot filled, and with a panicky hop, Charlie had to jiggle over to the next orchid pot and continue his wee into that. By the time he had finished, Charlie had filled four flower pots. But Charlie didn't care. Charlie felt fantastic for a few short seconds. Then he remembered his hideous situation. He was imprisoned in Miss Fire's office with a shaved monkey, an electric shaver, a bin full of black fur, and four orchid pots brimming with wee. He checked the windows. They could only be opened at the top and there was no way he could climb up. He tried the door again, out of wild desperation, but it was still completely locked, no matter how hard he rattled the handle. He looked around wildly. There had to be a way out of there. There wasn't. Suddenly, there came three knocks on the door. Flora's stricken face was at the window. She mouthed two simple, clear words. She's coming! Charlie felt his world crumbling, and then Flora followed with two more words. I'm sorry! Charlie understood what that meant. They'd discussed it before the mission had begun. If things got bad, Flora had to leave. She had to save herself. He didn't blame her. He understood. There was no reason why she should let herself get caught. Charlie, on the other hand, was finished. Done for. There was no escape. He slumped to the floor and awaited his fate. He'd get excluded, definitely. Expelled, almost certainly. His mum and dad would go absolutely, completely, 100% bananas. And with his brother's scan in a few days, this was the last thing they needed. 
he'd get grounded forever. He'd lose all PS4 and Netflix privileges. His life wouldn't be worth living. The only silver lining was that he knew when his brother found out that this story would definitely put a smile on his face. Knowing it was pointless, Charlie crawled back under the desk to the only hiding place in the office and curled into a tight ball. A key rattled in the door. Charlie scrunched up his eyes and his mind crossed the border from wretchedness into total desolation. The lock clicked. It was the end for Charlie. And then he felt it. Electricity shooting through his body, his very being buzzing with jolts of fiery energy, his body squeezing, his arms disappearing, his legs disappearing, his hair disappearing, his body stretching, lengthening, Charlie's tongue growing, his skin turning green and brown, scales appearing. The door opened. Footsteps. He'd changed, and he knew immediately what he'd changed into. His tongue flickered out of his mouth, and he could taste the air. He could taste the smell of misfire in the office. Misfire stood stock still in the centre of her office and sniffed. She sniffed again. Then she began to sniff around the office getting closer, closer, closer to the orchids. She took one final whiff and saw the orchid pots overflowing with wee. She gasped, her hand fluttering around her mouth. I don't believe it! She started prowling around the office, her beady eyes scanning until they landed on the bald monkey sitting on her bookshelf. She gave a cry of dismay and pulled the monkey down. Geoffrey, what have they done to you? How could they be? Miss Fire stopped in her tracks. Wait a moment, she said to herself. The door was locked. That means whoever did this is still here, and there is only one place they can be. She strode over to her desk squatted down and screamed. Snake! Miss Fire fell backwards onto her bum and screamed again. There's a snake in my office! She leapt up and ran out, slamming the door behind her and locking it again. The situation was grim. Charlie was a snake. And he was still locked in Miss Fire's office. And in no time at all, he would be caught red-handed. Or no-handed, technically, because snakes don't have hands.
That was another Tell-A-Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com And if you really like the podcast, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash tellatalepod. 